Sure, it's great for planning for a family. We never really like to think of our own eventual demise, but the, the Roth account is fantastic because when you do end up passing away, you can actually uh, you know leave it to your family and they receive it on a stepped up basis. So they don't have to pay any taxes on that. And then it's still a Roth account for them and they really just don't have to pay taxes at any point. They have to start taking money out of it, but it's a fantastic perpetual uh, you know generational wealth builder. Welcome to the Threefold Real Estate Investing Podcast. This is the podcast where you'll not only learn how you can achieve massive success in multifamily real estate investing, but also how you can simultaneously pursue great relationships with your family and a better walk with God. You can achieve financial freedom through real estate investing without sacrificing the relationships that mean the most to you. Now, here's your host, Lee Yoder. All right, three full listeners, we've got a great guest with us today. Um, just realizing, I, Josh, I should have asked you how to pronounce your last name, but it's Josh. And then how do you pronounce your last name, Josh? It's Plave. Plave. Okay. That's not, that would not have been my guess. So I'm glad I asked you. But <laughs> Josh Plave is joining us today. Josh, thanks so much for being a guest on the show today. Thanks so much for having me, Lee. Yeah. So just a uh, quick background on Josh. So he got started young. Um, Josh started when he was 16. He opened his first Roth IRA account and began trading equities. Uh, since then, um, his grandfather and his mother passed away, leaving him with multiple inherited IRAs. So we're going to get into a lot with um, investing through an IRA today. That's kind of Josh's specialty. But um, he did a lot of researching, you know, structuring, and he learned how to successfully do this pivot a retirement account from the stock market into commercial real estate. So that's kind of what we're going to get into. Um, Josh has, has used this, and he's actually um, done a lot. You know, since he got started, he established Wall to Maine to put together um, all the creative methods he found when investing in real estate himself uh, with his retirement accounts by passing along the lesser known tips and tricks of self-directed investing. Josh works alongside his investors to establish strategies to minimize their tax burden. Um, he's the founder of Wall to Maine, um, a full-time multifamily investor now investing with his family. They hold a portfolio of over 700 units across three markets. So Josh, uh, you got an early start, man. Um, what, uh, yeah, I guess just take us back a little bit. Um, if you want to go all the way back to when you were 16, uh, but then like just kind of in the early days, what got you uh, interested in, in at an early age like that of even thinking about investing? And then how did you decide um, to start with your with an IRA account to invest? That yeah, uh, well, it, it's I was lucky in the fact that my family really, you know, not a lot of folks. Uh, have this at their, their disposal is I had a family that was willing to kind of teach me what the schools, you know, don't really teach in terms of personal finance. And so sure. they, uh, they really put an emphasis on, you know, forward thinking mentality and making sure that I understood how to um, bet stocks and mutual funds, because that's what they were familiar with and uh, make sure that I was planning and not just spending, you know, that day and making sure that yeah. I was I was planning for my future self. So at 16, um, kind of at the behest of my mom and grandfather, who were both CPAs, they both um, suggested that I open up uh, an IRA. And we kind of worked over the benefits of a Roth for first traditional. And, um, you know, I had just earned some money as a camp counselor that year. So I figured I'd already pay taxes on it. I'm probably going to earn more later when, you know, than in, when I'm a camp counselor. So mm -hmm. I might as well pay the low tax right now. And, yeah. um, put it into a Roth IRA and just kind of invested in what I knew it at the time. I was 16. I was huge into airplanes at the time. So uh, I just bought a mutual fund that had to do with, um, you know, airlines and, and uh, defense 
mutual fund kind of thing. And uh, it did fairly well for the next 15, 20 years. And that kind of, that was the the first little, um, I don't know, the inception light bulb. And yeah. so uh, from there, I just kind of ended up moving uh, more into my Roth IRA over time and, and continuing down the, the mutual fund path, you know, the, the kind of everything I was taught. And so yeah. eventually um, what happened was my, my mother and my grandfather, as you mentioned, did pass away. And so what that did was leave me with the retirement of a baby boomer and a member of the greatest generation. Uh, it wasn't like a life-changing amount, but it was enough that I needed to make sure uh, for both my sisters as well as myself that uh, I was kind of stewarding their legacy. I was making sure that I was preserving everything they'd worked for, for their entire lives, mm -hmm. uh, making sure I didn't just put it on the first thing that sounded good at a seminar because someone was pitching it to me um, yeah. and really going out and trying to find uh, everything that was at my disposal and, and digging fully into the, the picture and not just getting sold on one thing. And so that's kind of why I ended up building Wall to Main. It was a long journey of finding all of those pieces scattered around and I've tried to kind of gather them up all in one place. Uh, and that's what I've um, hopefully built for other people. Yeah, absolutely. So real quick, um, Josh, difference between, you, you kind of hit on it there, difference between like a, a Roth IRA and maybe a 401k account. You were mentioning that with a Roth and an IRA, you pay taxes on the money before you put it in. And that way, when you draw draw the money, you don't pay taxes on it, right? Exactly. Yeah. Versus a 401k, you don't, it's tax-free as you invest but when you draw that money, you will pay taxes on it. Yeah. So every, it's an interesting concept because uh, there's the IRA, the 401k, 403b, there's all kinds of different mm -hmm. um, plans and all of them sort of have a Roth um, option and a traditional option. So the 401k does still have a, a Roth option. Not a lot of people know about it. And sometimes, honestly, most uh, employers don't actually offer a Roth option. It's starting to become more and more um, and by a Roth option, Josh, that would just mean you pay the taxes initially. Exactly. So okay. what a Roth does is you pay the taxes today and then it grows tax-free and then you pull it out and you never have to pay taxes on it again. And so essentially what that is, is you're betting on your future self and saying, okay, if I'm at the 20% tax bracket, I think I might be at a 30% tax bracket or on the flip side, we're at, you know, historical all-time lows for taxes. Do you think tax rates might go up in the future? So <laughs> yes. if you think so bank the taxes now, yeah. grow it in the yeah. future, and you're good to go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I just always think too, man, it, even if you did it wrong and like taxes get even lower or whatever, or let, you know, yeah, they're, they're lower when, when you take it out than when you put it in or um, yeah, maybe you could have put in more money because you didn't have to pay tax on it. I just, man, for me to, to play on your future, like strap it down a little bit more now, spend a little bit less now, you know what I mean? And like just have more later. I, it's, I just think it's always a good, a good bet. Oh, Force yeah. yourself to live a little bit more within your means and now and, and prepare for your future. And not only, I mean, the fact that you mentioned future, it's great for planning for a family. We never really like to think of our own eventual demise, but the, yeah. the Roth account is fantastic because when you do end up passing away, you can actually, uh, you know, leave it to your family and they receive it on a stepped up basis. So they don't have to pay any taxes on that. And then it's still a Roth account for them. And they really just don't have to pay taxes at any point. They have to start taking money out of it, but it's a fantastic perpetual, wow. yeah. uh, you know, generational wealth builder. So yeah. I'm a big and so that's what, that's what you found yourself with, with, with your mothers and your grandfathers pass, passing that down and, you know, getting the step step up or whatever. Um, so now you've got those. So you were doing a lot of research. Josh, were, were you working at the time? And this was kind of a side hustle? Yeah. So it, okay. it's kind of, it started um, 
it started as working and then it eventually transitioned into me doing this full time. And so okay. uh, I was spending time, you know, basically educating myself on everything that, you know, everyone does. You jump into all of the books, all of the podcasts, yep. webinars, seminars, uh, meetups, everything like that. And so I was trying to figure out the niche I wanted to go into and also how I can deploy these funds and best use them. Um, and so I originally, you know, I thought, Hey, I'm going into real estate. I see people flipping houses on TV. I think I'm going to go flip houses. And so that's kind of like, you know, I think a lot of people who jump into real estate, they yeah. know it most familiarly with, with single family homes. So that's what most of us have grown up in uh, around. So, um, you know, just kind of dug into that if I could do it. It's a little trickier with a retirement account. So I ended up passing, you know, on that. And okay. I kind of just went through all the different, um, you know, sectors of the real estate industry and eventually landed on multifamily. I actually started with multifamily uh, because I realized as soon as, you know, people tech, teach you, you should probably, you know, stack up. You should go from two units to four units to eight to 16. And as soon as you cross five doors, you're in a commercial loan anyways. So mm -hmm. uh, closing on a five door, you know, loan, from the loan perspective is the same as a 90 or 150 unit. Uh, there's it's there's more people involved, but the process once you're doing a commercial loan is pretty similar. So once I kind of had that in my mind and I understood, um, you know, the fact that you get a nice team around you and it's not just yourself going in guns blazing and uh, yeah. you, know, you have you have a team, uh, it really spoke to me. And so I jumped into multifamily at the same time I knew it would take some time to operate or to become operational in multifamily sure. um, because it's, you know, it's, it's a longer slog. It, it's, you go through tons of deals just to find one that actually pencils out. And uh, I, I, so what I did was I, I used, I did some private money lending in the meantime, just to kind of keep velocity of capital up and make sure okay. I was continuing to invest, but also jumping into real estate at the same time. And so we do a bit of that still. And uh, we're, you know, uh, we, for the last two years, we've been transitioning into multifamily. Okay. And so um building a team and, and you kind of mentioned a few things there, but tell us a little bit about what about multifamily made you interested in that? As a, I mean, you already know stocks and bonds a little bit, um, but and then, you know, then you decide real estate, why, why real estate over stocks and bonds and then real estate, what, what else? Um, just what are the benefits of, of multifamily? What, what made you want to, what made you settle in on that? It, 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 it all comes down to one specific um, thought that I constantly had, and it was, I have control over performance. And yeah, so when I yeah. was investing in stocks, I, you know, you can do your best due diligence to understand the investment you're getting involved in. But I like to reference this, like if you were investing in Tesla and one day he goes on the Joe Rogan podcast, smokes blunt, and he's like, <laughs> he, you know, he's, he's doing crazy things on the podcast, the stock tanks, and you don't have control over who's running the company. Right. And so it, it's kind of, it's, it's tricky. And so when you go into real estate, the same kind of thing pops up. Um, you know, I'm selling the house that I'm recording this in currently. And we, uh, we are, you know, hoping that the appraisal comes in uh, at a good rate uh, from where the, the, the buyers want to come in at, because yeah. we had a comp just down the street that sold. Uh, it was basically not a condemned unit, but it was boarded up and it sold for at least $150,000 less than it really should if it was in good shape like my house is. Yep. And so I know that's potentially going to affect the overall value of my house. And I have no real control over the value in the end of a single family unit. And so mm -hmm. when I learned that with multifamily, you are essentially, you're buying real estate, but you're buying the business, the underlying right. business behind that. Yep. And you have a control over the operations and the overall NOI, which drives the valuation. That's really where I found the sweet spot where I knew that if I, I have faith in myself, I can flip a house, I can do anything I want to do, but I knew if I was going to be effective, 
I should do it in a place that also rewarded me for my, uh, you know, uh, good, uh, I don't know, skills. Yeah. And running a good business. Yeah. You are, you're the one running the business and making sure it goes well and it has nothing to do with, yeah, some guy on a podcast. <laughs> smoking something. Right. So yeah. Um, okay. So you decide on this and um, are you, were you living in Denver at the time, Josh? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And then where, so where'd you guys settle in on investing? And obviously it sounds like you were underwriting a bunch of deals. Tell us about kind of getting that first one or maybe the first couple. Yeah. So um, I, it's interesting. The multifamily universe has a lot of people in Denver. So I know quite mm-hmm. a bit of people who are here in Denver doing multifamily. I don't know a single one of them who's actually investing in, in Denver. Uh, okay. Denver is a very hot market. Yeah. And specifically, I look at the, I look at larger multifamily. You know, I, you mentioned our portfolio is over 700 units. It's don't don't buy too much into people putting out how many units they have because in multifamily, if you buy, you know, a 0.05 percent of a thousand unit property, you have a huge portfolio all of a sudden. Yeah, so, right. um, you know, we specifically target deals that are 100 to uh, 150 units. Um, so. That's kind of like our, our avatar for the ideal property we go after. Yep. But um, I knew I wasn't going to do it in my own backyard. Uh, so I, our first deal that we actually ended up um, becoming involved in on was, was in Lubbock, Texas. And it was really nice. It was actually sourced from a partner of mine. And uh, that family is in the Fort Worth area. And they okay. ended up, uh, one of them went to college in Lubbock. So they were very familiar with the area. And it was it was nice. It was a portfolio uh, of two properties, one um was like two blocks away from the other and uh, they were at the time being run completely separately so there was a really nice value add component where we were able to go in and improve them but also share operations share maintenance hire one guy to work both of them and really help drive uh, you know economies of scale there and uh, it's been it's been a nice uh, operational glimpse into how you can help um, you know bring the overall expense ratio down yeah how long ago was this when did you get this this was in november of 2018 Okay. Okay. And for, still own it today? Yes. Yeah. Okay. For a couple uh, it, years. So, and then, so this partnership where you guys kind of both on the, the general partner side then, and you both brought in investors and kind of split it that yep. way. Okay. Absolutely. So yeah. partnership. And you had known this person for a while. Yeah. Um, I know them through the uh, kind of the mentorship group that I'm a part of. Oh, man. Okay. um, It's great from a networking perspective. And so we were able to kind of, kind of all lay out what our expectations are, what we are trying to bring our investors to. And, um, you know, there's a different set of requirements for retirement investors, which I can touch on later, but uh, yeah, uh, specifically this one worked out and it was something that I I felt very comfortable with the family that was actually uh, putting the deal together. And so we all teamed up and I helped on the deal. Okay. And then that, this is, you know, what you're looking for. So you, you take your, you and your family, you know, your, your siblings, I guess the, the retirement account, the Roth IRA, the money there, and you invested a, a good chunk of that money into this deal. Yeah. So on that one, because okay. I was a general partner, I actually wasn't using retirement funds. I had to use oh, okay. cash funds, which we'll get into, but because I was in charge, I actually couldn't use my own retirement. That's right. Dollar. That's right. Yep. Yep. You can't use it in your own deal. Yeah. So it, it presents okay. a, a, as an operator, it presents some trickery in terms of the ways that I have to deploy. It. I basically have to be passive and, uh, and, and invest my retirement dollars into other people's deals. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. Gotcha. Okay. And so you've done that obviously since then. So you've done, you've been on the GP side and, and running a deal and then you invest passively. Exactly. So we're both GPs, LPs. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think both are great. I mean, obviously you, you believe in the multifamily space. I mean, you're, you're willing to, put your time and energy into being on the, the GP side and running a deal, but you'll put your 
hard-earned money and, and your family and, and generational money, you'll put it into a deal too because you believe in, in multi Yeah, and the nice thing from my perspective of being an operator is I'm meeting other operators. And so I'm intimately familiar with them and I get yep. you know to know them on a, on a much closer basis than probably most limited partners would. And so I feel a lot more comfortable putting my, my, uh, my family's money into limited partner opportunities uh, because I know who those people are. I know that I can trust them. I know they're going to be working very hard every single week for right. uh, you know my investment. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. So what other areas did you get into, Josh? Uh, so we are invested in Memphis. Okay. Um, there's, yeah. uh, it's not a very sexy market, but uh, there's a ton of great fundamentals there. Um, that one was one of the ones we actually pa- uh, passively invested in. Okay. And that one is just a gigantic, it was 568 units. Uh, it was 30% occupied. It was just being run terribly. And so they're putting in $25,000 per door into the, um, you know, into the, uh, each, each properties or each unit. So uh, they're basically rebuilding the entire uh, facility. And uh, it's a really interesting project to see from a value add perspective. There's My 60 goodness. guys living on property, building it at the same time. And so it's uh, it's a big haul. So yeah, it is. Wow. So passively in that one. Yep. Okay. And then we're also doing some uh, private money lending in, uh, I actually went to college in Boston. So I have some friends. Okay we're operating in Boston and um, I'm familiar with the area. And so yeah. Yeah, we're, we're doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And like you met I me, mean, you mentioned from the beginning, it's, you know, it's a, it's a team sport. You got to have a team and the, you know, you, you got some teams in these areas, people you trust. I think that's so important. So, I mean, the, the sponsor and, and the person running the deal, you know, is, is I think number one and whether that's, you know, that's you Josh, some of the times, and then sometimes it's, it's people that you know, well, but that's number one. I mean, you got to be in a good area. You got to buy a good property, but the person that's running the deal can, turn it bad, even if it's a good property in a good area. Um, cool. So, well, congratulations, man. You, you've really um, done a lot, come, come a long way. Um, started young and, and, and doing very well in that. So let's, let's dig in a little bit, Josh, because um, you're especially something I'm interested in. I'm sure some of my listeners are interested in. So if someone has a, an account, a retirement account, um, how could they look at, I mean, maybe, maybe, I guess I'll let you lead, but I guess what I'm interested in, how can they get that account set up correctly? So how can they, get it into a Roth, right? And then how can they go about taking that money and investing it um, into a real estate deal? Yeah, so um, it's th- there's there's a lot of strategies that you can take with it. And so okay. the nice thing with, um, you know, if you have an existing IRA or a 401k, as long as it's um, what I call, call, you know, in your control, uh, as long as it's not with a current employer and you can, you know, you can do what you want with it and you can move it around, uh, you can, it's what's called self-directing it. So you can self-direct an account, no problem. Um, with there's, there's IRAs, there are things called solo 401ks and there's some um, nice tax benefits to those as well. Um, but the nice thing is that you can, a lot of people don't realize this, but you can invest in anything you'd like. I already mentioned two asset classes that I'm in with private money lending and multifamily. There's, you can buy raw land. You can do really anything that you are interested in in re- real estate. You can typically do with your retirement account. There's just some rules we'll touch on, but, uh, yeah. Um, personally, uh, because it took me so long to figure this out, a lot of the education in this space is done by custodians, people who are actually holding your your funds. And most of us have our IRAs and 401ks, you know, with Vanguard or Schwab or you know, any of these companies. And so they only do stocks and bonds, but there are other smaller custodians out there that'll let you do things like cryptocurrency and real estate and anything, you know, under the sun. And so you need to move it over to one of those 
um, custodians, but most of the education in this space is done by those custodians. And um, the reason I have a bone to pick with them is because they're trying to sell you on something. Um, I like to I like to come onto podcasts like this because I'm an investor and I just want to help other investors understand what their options are, as opposed to other people kind of crowding the space, bringing in, um, you know, salesy kind of information where they're giving you enough information to get you kind of riled up and want to do this, but they don't give you the full perspective. And so right. um, what I ended up finding out was that you really want to go beyond just opening a, an account with a custodian because they will charge you based on how many transactions you do, every time you do a transaction, what the account balance is, there's all kinds of fees associated. And so a lot, a huge percentage of you know your overall returns, if you're doing a good job, end up going back to the custodian. And so what I like to advocate for is look into checkbook control. Um, there's, it's an additional step that goes beyond the custodian account. You have to open up a custodian account, but then you also at the same time, and you have a company that'll do this for you, they open up an LLC. And so when that LLC is established, you actually take your custodian account and the only investment it ends up making is the LLC. Uh, so you mm. can take this LLC, you then manage the LLC and can open up a banking account or checking account, just like any other business. And yeah. so you manage that LLC, you can then wire funds instantly. Uh, the only expenses you really have are like an annual fee for the, for, um, the company that, that is establishing this for you. And then, uh, you know, $25 every time you want to, $35 every time you want to do a deal. And so it's very quick. Uh, custodians end up being very slow. Um, they have to approve your paperwork and everything. And so I believe the right way to do it is to learn what you can and can't do and then open up a checkbook account because you are able to then make the right calls, not have to have your hand held the entire time and worry if you, uh, we've had investors that put in the paperwork with a custodian and it took them up to four weeks and uh, they almost didn't have the opportunity to invest with us because it was just taking so long. And so with a checkbook account, not only is it cheap, but it's also very fast. I like to joke that you can find a deal at breakfast and fund it by lunch. It's instantaneous. It's whenever you put in that wire request, if you've ever done one before, it's very, very quick. And um, it's the same exact kind of a pro uh, it's the same exact kind of an account. It just is held with a different institution. Okay. Okay. So Josh, if I have, if I've got a hundred, I don't, but if I have a hundred thousand uh, dollars with, with um, you know, a custodian with, with a, a general mutual fund, first thing to, to find out maybe is will they allow me to invest in, in some alternative assets like multifamily real estate? If the answer is yes, then I go to them and I say, you can't. I can still hear you, I think. Anything? Yeah. Oh, now you can? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Well, anyway. Okay. Sorry. Just kidding for a little bit. No. Okay. Sorry about that. That's all right. I'm just laying out an example of like if I have money with a custodian, how, how that would play out. Yeah. Dumb it down to my level. Okay. All right. So if I've got um, $100,000 with, with a custodian, I can go to them. Hey, can I invest in alter, alternate asset classes like multifamily real estate? Um, if the answer is yes, then I, through them, or do I just, through myself, I, I can jump on or, or talk to a, you know, my local attorney and just set up an LLC with, so with, with a business name. There are some, there are some attorneys who understand the process and know what you can and can't do. It's, um, okay. It's course kind of like a niche within the um, real estate world, uh, but there are companies specifically geared towards helping you transition um, either from the existing custodian you have, if they happen to allow for alternative assets or uh, helping you transition over to a different custodian and they'll take care of the process for you. 
Okay. And once you have that, once you have it with a custodian that says, yes, you know, through, through us, you can invest in, in uh, real estate. So then you open up an LLC, open up your own LLC and you tell this custodian, Hey, um, I got a hundred thousand dollars with you. I want 50,000 of it transferred into this LLC. Yep, okay. Exactly. I want to invest in this LLC. So they put that 50,000 to this LLC. And the way they do that is you, you have that LLC, you get an, uh, an EIN number. You have a, you have a number that goes with that LLC. You right. go into your, your local bank, wherever you want. You say, I want to open up a business checking account through this LLC. So the, the bank opens up a business checking account with, you know, in that LLC, Hey, um, we're three full properties. So three full properties, LLC through this bank. So that 50,000, the co-setting that comes into that bank account. And like you said, so Josh, I want to invest 50,000 in the next deal you guys sponsor. Okay. It's in this account. It's ready to go. It's like, it's like wiring money from a checking account, but now I'm investing my retirement money. That's how yep. this money got in there. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. so the interesting thing is, um, you know, some, some banks don't necessarily understand the, um, the structure of this. They haven't you know, heard of it before. So there are a few banks that are kind of, uh, they, they are there specifically to have the checking account for your, uh, the LLC. So I wouldn't say it's any kind of bank, although theoretically it yeah. could, if they really knew what was going on, but most of them don't really understand yeah. Yeah. what's happening. So there are ones that are, they specifically target, um, you know, this part of the market and they, they allow you to, the nice thing is there's like no account minimums either. So you can, I leave like 50 bucks in the account and I put the rest in an investment. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah you don't want money. The idea is to have money. It's not sitting there collecting right. zero interest you know, to, to be putting it to work. Um, and it, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I would just say, Josh, if this sounds confusing. That's why this is why you've set up wall to main, correct? I mean, help people yeah, through this process. Yeah. It's, it's, it sounds a little, it's a little confusing to start with, but I absolutely guarantee you, if you spend, I got a series of videos that end up being 30 minutes. If you just spend some time educating yourself on this, I, it's kind of like riding a bike. Once you're up and running and you understand how sure. it works in my mind, because I understand it, it's kind of like cash. I know what I can and can't do very quickly in my head. And then I'm able to kind of, you know, work with it um, going forward and understand what I, you know, am able to invest in or not able to invest in. So, yeah. Yeah. But bottom line is just, I, I guess I thought maybe there was a way just to like, if I went to my custodian and said, Hey, I just want to, I want to get my money away from you and I want to control it myself. That's really not the way to do it. The way you want to keep it with that custodian, but you want it to be with a custodian that is open to investing in real estate that, that will go that route with you. Yeah. So I would say there's probably a 99% chance that the custodian most people are with will not, you know, be okay. supportive of, of alternative assets. And that's just because their brokerage house is, is structured around equities like stocks mm -hmm. and, and bonds. And so uh, they just don't really understand it. A lot of them end up saying like, Oh, that's illegal. You can't do that. So um, it's just kind of, somewhat unknown. Um, but yeah, to get this done, it needs to be at a custodian that enables, okay. uh, okay. you know, alternative assets. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So that, yeah, that's obviously step one. I mean, that, it's going to be, yeah, you're gonna have to do a little bit of work on that part just to, to find somebody that'll let you do it. Yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah. And yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I think there's a lot of things like this, just like buying, a, buying a, a small apartment building, like I've done just seemed like monumental the first time. And you do it once and you see all the pieces and you say, okay, like, Think I could do that again. You know, it's pretty, yeah, it's not as confusing, but there's certainly, you certainly need some help. I mean, just like with, with the multifamily investing, I, I did a lot of, a lot of research and, and prep before I did it once. And then you do it once. And that's, you know, I, I think why I, I love having you on Josh and, um, you know, I'll let you tell everybody where to, where to find you, but we'll put all that in the show notes to make sure people uh, can get on there and see some of those videos you've put together. Cause um, yeah, there, there's some, 
nuance to it for sure for doing it the first time and, and setting it up correctly. But again, you, if you find the right custodian, uh, they can help you through that as well. Yep. It's, it's a pretty simple process once you get it done. Uh, yeah. and then it's, it's smooth from there. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's transition a little bit, Josh. Um, if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about, um, maybe what, what you've, what you've got going on family, uh, faith wise and, and why, um, you know, maybe, maybe that was, was in your mind when you were looking for an investment. I'm, I'm assuming most people are investing as we've talked about for the future. So what about multifamily investing specifically? Maybe, maybe you tie into doing it through a retirement account, but what about investing in multifamily has, you know, really helped you, um, or hurt you, uh, with, with your, your faith and your, your family journey, or how do you uh, expect it to help you in the future? Yeah, I, it, I basically, I entered all of this specifically because I wanted to have an effective family life and make sure that I was able to, um, be there for, you know, I was, I was young when I started, I was like 26 or 27, but I knew I come from a very tight knit family and we, we love kids. We love our family. We love the prospect of growing our family. And, uh, I knew that I wanted to set up a career that allowed me to be there to see my kids walk for the first time and talk yeah. for the first time and, and all those big moments. And I, I was not going to forgive myself if I didn't enable and kind of design a life that centered around that. And mm-hmm. so, uh, the thing I love about multifamily is I, while I'm sleeping, it's earning money. You know, people, there's, there's marketing going out to, to lease up, uh, you know, different units. And uh, at the same time, there's people, you know, renovating different units and, and working on the property that I am a partial owner of, um, but I don't have to control every single day and I don't have to worry about it on a constant basis. But I know that because I put my money to work for me, uh, I'm going to see an effective return and it frees up my time. And so mm-hmm. I've had a lot of opportunities to kind of enjoy life from Monday to Friday, as opposed to on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. And it's really, it's really opened my eyes up. It's, it's told me that I'm down the right path and I know that I need to continue doing this. Uh, my wife is pregnant with our first child and I'm so yeah, excited. Congratulations. That, thank you so much. I'm, I'm so excited that I, I'm going to have that opportunity to, to see my, my child grow up. Uh, and, um, you know, even if something goes wrong and I need to jump back into the workforce, I know that I'll have, uh, you know, some supplemental income and, and I'll have mm-hmm. enough, uh, you know, mm-hmm. going on in the meantime, because I'm aware of these opportunities and I know where to find them. And I know, uh, you know, the kind of drive it takes to make sure that you're there for your family and setting stuff up. And, um, and I, that's why I, I, I helped my sisters out as well, because I wanted to bring them along for the ride and enable them to have the same opportunity. They're both teachers. They weren't, uh, you know, financially inclined. And I want to make sure that just because I am, I, I'm not the only one that had the opportunity and I want to make sure that they too could be there for their, their family. So um, it ties directly back into it. It is the main focus of why I started doing this. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I'm assuming you, you haven't been doing this for, for that long uh, to the level that you are now, but I, I'm assuming that, you know, you and then, and then your sisters, can you talk a little bit about like the power that they, that's kind of been witnessed already? Like, do they see like, wow, you know, I'm, I'm working on the teacher salary, but man, over here, our money's working for us. So like, not only am I out there working for money, you know, on a teacher salary where, where you know, pay isn't fabulous, but wow, like this, this money that we've got over here, like it's really working for us as well. Can you talk a little bit about like, just seeing the power yeah. of that and, and kind of their experience through that? It's twofold. I mean, you know, teachers don't make a ton. And, um, yeah. you know, my sisters luckily had enough 
uh, from when our, our mother left us that we were able to invest in um, into one of those properties that I was talking about. And I was able to bring them a very significant tax benefit as a result. So uh, yeah. we took, you know, we wiped out most of their tax burden. Uh, I think nice. they only owed like $1,200 at the end of it all. So, uh, you know, it, that helped in perspective of what they were able to keep but then at the same time, um, this past year was a great example. You know, my uh, my sisters had to, they were working, you know, over, you know, a virtual classroom yep. and uh, they're both preschool teachers, but one of them, uh, you know, they the school tried to bring them back in without really any protections, no contingency plan of how they were going to make sure that they were in a safe environment. Because while we worry about the children, I think a lot of uh, folks don't realize that we need to worry about the, the teachers as well. And so my sister really was not a fan of what was happening at her employer. And because she had supplemental income coming in, she was able to say, you know, thanks, but no, thanks. I'm not going to come back uh, at this time. Um, you know, hopefully she revisits at some point, but she knows that she can now have opportunities to look for, for things that are going to allow her to change the world by being with children, but at the same time, uh, you know, protect her and her family that she's building. So, um, it was it was nice to see that that freedom that it allowed her. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just, there's so many different ways. I mean, so many different um, situations people might find themselves in. But just to have supplemental income, to have some passive income, to have some of your uh, money that you've already earned or maybe has been passed down, earning money for you, just gives you some freedom and, and gives you some power over your own life to say, no, like I, I'm not. I don't have to do what somebody else is telling me to do in order to get paid by them which there, there's nothing wrong with that. If you enter into a contract with somebody and if, it, if it's mutually beneficial, great. I mean, I'm all about, you know, capitalism and, and people having jobs. And if you agree to do that and they agree to pay you, great, good. It's a good relationship. But to have a little bit more power to say, well, I, I don't need that money quite as badly or, or maybe not even close to as badly as I would if I didn't have some investment. So man, I, I, I just love that, Josh. I mean, to me, it just, for anybody on any level, it just gives you, to whatever degree you're able to invest, it just gives you that, much extra freedom and, and power over your own life. Yeah. I, the, the, the measure of, I'd say happiness and contentment and lack of stress I've seen in my own self by being able to kind of, as I mentioned earlier, design my own life. I'm a big fan of just kind of building the life that you want around yourself to enable your, you know, how you view, you know, your optimal day to day, doing whatever it takes to achieve that uh, has really, um, it's really opened my eyes to where I want to go for the rest of my life. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Josh. Wait, let, let's, uh, let's wrap it up here at the end uh, with a couple of quick questions. I'd like to ask everybody. Um, do you have a favorite quote or, or scripture that you like to say? Oh man, a favorite quote. Uh, <laughs> the I'd say that the first thing that kind of um, that's really stuck with me. Well, actually I'll give you two. Okay. Um, they're just kind of inspirational. The there's the one, like if you're not, uh, the lead dog, the scenery never changes. And I don't take that so much as to like triumph and win over everybody else. It's more, I've always looked for um, like kind of a different road or a different path yeah. that other people yeah. take. You know, a lot of people say, go to a good school, get a good job, climb the corporate ladder. And I, I realized early on that wasn't for me. And I kind of want to, you know, forge my own path. Um, yep. And then also when you're building your own business, it ends up being really tough. And I love the Churchill quote, uh, when you're going through hell, keep going. Um, because it really, it just kind of brings out the tenacity in you and making yeah. sure that you're, you remember your whys, you remember what's, you know, in it um, that you want to accomplish. And so you end up kind of just putting your head down and making sure that you're, you're putting in the day to day little by little to achieve the bigger goal. 
Yeah, absolutely. And there's a, there's a light on the other side of that. If you can get through that, there's, yeah, real opportunity on the other side. What about um, uh, a real estate related book, Josh? Is there any, anything you'd recommend for people um, maybe want to read up on this a little bit and, and uh, you know, the Roth IRA self-directed um, investing space? I should write a book on that space. Yeah, not a good one. Huh? Um, but uh, yeah. in terms of multifamily, I was a, the thing that really opened my eyes and and helped me understand operationally how it behaves was Multifamily Millions by Dave Lindahl. Okay, um, yeah. It really just kind of structures everything in a coherent way, and it doesn't dive into too deeply into the financing of things or you know the little minutia. It really focuses on operationally what a multifamily property looks like, what it takes to buy one, what it takes to to fix one up, and, yep. and go down that path. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Um, how about uh, any any uh, faith or family related book recommendations? Anything on that front? Um, in terms of family, what I typically read is um, they're kind of I look for. Uh, I guess it, it could it would be found in a self help section of the library. Yeah, yeah, sure, um, but, and it. It doesn't, I feel like it doesn't technically fall under family, but the thing that really changed my perspective in terms of where I need to take myself uh, is a book called, um, it was the Blue Ocean Theory. Um, and hmm. so that uh, talks about how everyone competes in red oceans. So let's, I mean, think about like a, uh, a toothpaste company, you know, Crest and Colgate, they're all putting out the same product essentially. And it's a race to the bottom to see who can produce it for the least and yep. make it look the most appealing. And so there's no real, um, there's no value proposition there. And so Blue Ocean Strategy is looking for a new business that doesn't exist that's similar to that. And the, the main one they give is Cirque du Soleil. They combined uh, you know, performance theater, ballet, and circus all in one. They produced a new um, kind of concept and they were able to capitalize on that. And so it really opened my eyes in terms of where I need to take myself, um, make sure that I'm not kind of living the the same path that I, I think that uh, a lot of uh, folks kind of get caught up in and aren't able to kind of creatively build their own um, life. And so yeah. whether it comes to business or my own perspective on things, uh, it, it's really, it, it opened my eyes in terms of the kind of the angle I need to take in how I, I, I think about everything. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's great. Great way to think about that. Um, and uh, Josh, how do you like to give back? Um, or how, how do you plan to give back in the future? I mean, I, I think you've hit on that a lot, obviously, you know, with the, the wall to Maine. I mean, that's it, a great way to give back to bring other people into this, um, you know, this powerful tool, you know, to help, help them improve their future. And you talked about how you're even doing it with your family, but obviously anybody that's watching your stuff and following you, you're, you're totally impacting them. It, it, would that be how, what you would say is how you like to give back or is anything else? I mean, from the business perspective, it is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I like helping other folks um, in terms of my personal life. Um, my mother passed away from ALS. And so mm, it's a, it's a cause yeah. that's near and dear to us. And yeah. so uh, every time we have like a, a big event or, you know, some sort of um, a big, I'd say life event, my wife and I were married two years ago. And uh, instead of gifts, we, uh, we were uh, accepting donations to the ALS foundation. So yeah, we want to make sure that, you know, I, I think everyone, uh, you know, cancer sucks and so does ALS. And there's a lot of different, um, there's a lot of different things that folk that uh, talk, speak to each family. Unfortunately, yep. a lot of families have that one thing. And so, yep. um, you know, if you focus on that one thing and you really put a lot of power behind it and make sure that you're helping drive the, the thing that, that hurts you guys the most, um, I think that's a powerful way to go about things. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's a good word. Um, all right, Joshua, um, at, at the end here, I always like to wrap it up and ask, um, how might my listeners and I be praying for you? 
maybe you and your family. I mean, there's one obvious uh, thing coming up that we can pray for, but um, yeah. What would you say for how we could be praying for you? In the yeah. Conference? I mean, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff coming up in my life right now. I've got a child on the way. Luckily everything's been healthy and, and happy so good, far and good, yeah. I'm selling this house. I'm buying another, I'm doing a cross country move. So uh, any thoughts and prayers in that direction <laughs> are very much welcome because uh, say a so, lot of moving yeah. pieces. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, we'll definitely be praying for that for you, Josh. Congratulations again and your wife that's going to be awesome well great thanks thanks josh for for your time and for your your knowledge in this area and your willingness and, and enthusiasm and sharing it um i i think it's so powerful i just totally believe in this i think it's a great way to invest money um i i totally believe in it so i hope i hope people really look into this and um, yeah how can people um maybe reach out to you or just find some of the stuff that you're putting out there josh some some more information to uh, yeah you Absolutely. Know, uh, you can find kind of all of the the um, different steps and rules around everything at my website, uh, walltomain.com when it comes to retirement accounts. I'm also offering a free PDF called the top 10 tips and tricks when investing passively in multifamily with your retirement account. So mm-hmm. that, and that kind of gives you all the different angles you can play and ways you can avoid certain taxes that might come up because um, there are unfortunately taxes sometimes in retirement accounts, uh, un- surprisingly. But um, yeah. yeah, I kind of help folks understand what they can and can't do um, to, to, you know, best, best uh, enable their, op- their retirement account as it currently stands. Yeah, that's great. Okay, awesome. All right, Josh, well, yeah, we'll just send them, I'll, I'll put that in the show notes, obviously the link there to, to send them over to your uh, website. Cool, thanks, Lee. I really appreciate great. it. Great, thanks so much, Josh. Yep, take care, man. God bless. Thanks, you. Thank you for joining us for another great episode. I hope you'll take action on what you've learned today. If you enjoyed today's show, please consider leaving Lee a five-star rating and review. And check him out on threefoldrei.com. Until next time, 1 Timothy 6.17.